Today is Sunday. This is our second episode. A lot has happened since our first episode with Annabelle. We gained popularity. We have almost 100 listeners for reals now. Let's clap. Yes, yes. And we made this project official. Me, Minja and Tasha, we uh, made and signed a contract. And um, yeah, we're very excited to have this second amazing guest who we mentioned in our first episode. I don't know if it aired, but in the original recording, we mentioned you and we said that we wanted you to be our first guest. But you're too busy and stuff. Mm, you never asked me. Shush! <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> if you did, I would have been anyway. not busy. Anyways, because of the circumstances, we had this amazing girl from Switzerland and Germany, Annabelle. If you haven't listened to it, stop whatever you're doing mm-hmm. after watching, I mean, listening to this podcast episode and go watch <laughs> Pilot with Annabelle Scrumptious episode. Lovely. Yes. Scrumptious. Yes. So, uh, we received some feedback that there is some confusion about like what this podcast is about and who we are and what we're trying to achieve here. So, we're just going to say <laughs> all that. <laughs> so, so um, there was confusion about who we are and what the Dream Distillery is. So, basically, we just want to talk about deep shit explore what life is mm-hmm. explore each other mm-hmm. just think about explore things each together. other that's good <laughs> Ex- that, i yes. love that explore people <laughs> okay yeah that's how it's started so our leader here is goga you want to introduce yourself I would love very to. shortly yeah yeah so i'm the founder of this project goga that's all I'm gonna say about my identity for now. We'll um, learn about more about you yes, as we go. Yes, yes, uh, gradually we will. Yeah, I'm passionate musician yes. and artist and human being. Yes. Thank you. Yes, my name is Menje. I will probably live in Eastern Africa in the future. That's all I'll say for now. Okay. <laughs> my name is Dasha, and I'm the resident artist. For now. Resident artist. Yeah. And now our and, guest. Yes. Would you like to introduce yourself, our dear guest? Aren't you gonna have like a segment where you state all my accomplishments and like who I am as a human being, and Just everyone class and like, hi. <laughs> 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 yeah, you should have exactly. submitted a form yeah. beforehand. Did you? We didn't need to receive any emails from you. <laughs> like, so, we don't know you. <laughs> yeah, like who are you? Like why are you here? Okay. Talk. First of all, I'm honored to be the second guest mm. of this podcast and honestly kind of nervous because like seeing this mic being recorded, I don't know, like I feel like you can use this footage and do whatever you want with it. So I don't know how much I trust you with it, but I'm still oh, wow. excited. How do I introduce okay. myself? Um, okay, where are you from? I'm from Myanmar. Okay, she's from Myanmar. She grew up from Myanmar. Mm-hmm. Born and, and lived in Myanmar. Yes. My passion... I love painting nails. I love hanging out with my doggies. Mm. No, my doggie. I have one dog. His name is Zion. He's the cutest puppy mm. ever. And I love singing. And I love documenting my life. And talking with people. Love that. So, now I'm going to ask you my favorite first question. What made you happy today? Mm. You know, when I was listening to the episode with Annabelle, I was trying to think of an answer. Mm. And on that day, on that particular day, what made me happy was I went to a convenience store. And um, I was trying to get rid of all the coins because like whenever I buy something with cash, there's like so many coins that they give. And I'm not used to like carrying coins around all the time. And I was like, okay, I'll just get rid of it. So I pay like the amount and then after I paid like whatever amount I had to, the lady was like, oh, give me more coins. So I was so confused, like why is she asking for more? Mm. And she was so nice. Like she exchanged like all the coins I have with cash without me even asking to. And that made my day. So that's the answer I had. Yeah. Um, Today, 
what made me happy today oh um today after i did like my morning yoga and like stretching and stuff um i called my one of my best friends she's in nottingham right now and i totally forgot that she was gonna be back home like during the summer so i found out today and mm -hmm. i'm like okay now i have someone to hang out with because everyone else back home they're like um studying abroad so they're all away uh, so i'm gonna have her to hang out with that made my day oh that's nice so are you planning to go back home mm -hmm. for summer i actually already <clears throat> bought my plane ticket wow. for april 29th but today I just found out that I have to like get permission from the embassy because Myanmar is not letting like their citizens come back um, without that permit. So hopefully I get it. So the other question I had for you was what's a core memory of your childhood? When you okay. think of your childhood, what's, what's something core? Okay. The thing about childhood is you don't know if you remember things or mm. if you only think you remember because people tell you yes. that it happened. Exactly. Yeah, it's yes. like... I don't know, like maybe I remember it. Maybe my mom said the story so many times that I actually started to believe that it was my own memory. Mm -hmm. But um, there was this time, I think I was like five or six. We had a um, pretty high, like, I don't know how high this would be, but like we have Buddha statues, like mm -hmm. every Buddha's house, we have like statues and it's like a shrine. So um, that was like against a wall and on either side, there were like small gaps where like it was just empty space. So mm -hmm. one day I decided to take an orange from the Buddha shrine. Like I, I couldn't even reach up there. So I like tiptoed and grabbed <laughs> an orange and then I took a fan, like a bamboo fan. And mm -hmm. then I was just hiding in like the corner, eating like peeling the oranges <laughs> and eating from and the then, shrine. Yeah, from the shrine, which yeah. was like a very disrespectful thing to do. Yeah. In Buddhism. It's like you should not take the food that you offer to Buddha. But yeah, I was doing that, and I was doing it without anyone knowing, and hiding in that little corner. And then my mom started to call my name, and then I just pretended not to hear and. Um, Basically, she freaked out. She thought I fell off the balcony or something. Oh and she was like running around the house. <laughs> and after I finished eating, I came out. And I don't remember how she reacted. But she told me that that was not fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, like when I think about it, I kind of like remember how the instance was. Yeah. But I don't know if I actually do or if it's just my mom recalling it. Mm. Like, oh, so so she recalls it often? Yeah. <laughs> she would, she'll tell everyone. Like whenever <laughs> they were talking about my child. That's like the only naughty thing I did. Because okay. uh, I was like a good, like Miss Goody Two Shoes. I never yeah, broke yeah. rules. Yeah. Like I was scared to break rules. So like that was the only time I like acted out. So. Oh, wow. And how old were you? Probably like five or six. Mm. Yeah. So the, so you had the bamboo fan to hide behind it? No, I used the bamboo fan as a plate. As a plate? Yeah, so that like, nice. I would put the peel and like, the seeds ah, on it. Okay. So that I wouldn't like spill over. I was like a neat child too. So mm. like, I could have all the trash and then throw it later. You were thinking it through. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and you, you mentioned the Buddha statue and everything. So um, actually we were interested and especially Minja was interested. Mm -hmm. Like, what is your take on religion mm. um, and like, or like something, do you believe in something like God or I don't know, anything, you know, mm. what's, what's your perception yeah. of that? And maybe how was it like growing up? How's it now? Like, yeah. mm. Growing up, I mean, I do still identify as a Buddhist. Mm. Like that was the only religion I was introduced from a young age and um, I never truly understood the, like me, like any child, like is you're just born into a family that has like one religion that they believe in. Mm. And since I'm Chinese Burmese, um, it was kind of different because Chinese Buddhism and Burmese Buddhism are very mm. different concepts. Mm. So I wasn't really that much into like Chinese Buddhism where you go to the temple and you would pray standing up. I was more into like the Burmese Buddhism where you would like go to monks and offer them food and you would like sit and pray so um the first time i actually learned prayers was when my mom uh, went overseas to give birth to my brother and one of my grandma's sister came uh, to stay with us and like a bunch of my cousins also like they slept over it was just like a week of just fun and um, every night she would teach us like prayers so i would 
wouldn't understand what the prayers actually meant. It was just fun to recite it together and like compete who can remember it better. So she kind of like treated it as a game. So that's how I like first learned prayers. And since then, it kind of became a habit where I would like say prayers in my mind before I sleep. And yeah, it's like when I go to a pagoda, which is like the religious yeah, place, yeah. Um, one of the uh, most prominent landmarks in Myanmar is Shuerigon Pagoda. It's like really tall and it's like gold. So like when I would go there, I feel the sense of just like calm and peace. And I, don't know, I just feel safe in those kind of places. But then I don't necessarily follow like all the guidelines that like people like a good yeah. Buddhist should. Yeah. So it's like, I do believe in it in a sense, but... I select pieces that I like and yeah, then, like yeah, I believe yeah. those but yes. like not I don't know I don't embrace it totally mm-hmm. and actually when I moved away from home that was the first time I actually thought about religion like mm. before that it was just a given I didn't think twice about it it's just like something in my day-to-day life but when I got to San Francisco that was the first time like I didn't go visit a pagoda or like any religious sites for like two three months and the only time I did was this um, Burmese festival in Half Moon Bay with my aunt and my family and I prayed for the first time in like three months and I don't know that was that was something I've never felt before like when I sat down to pray I was like oh wow like I never realized how much I craved this like feeling of safety and just like peace and so coming here to Korea where there's like more Buddhism compared to San Francisco I I've been like trying to be more aware like and be more conscious of it i guess yeah yeah that's where yeah. i stand yeah totally relate that this is like the most i've gone to church mm-hmm. in my life i went like twice <laughs> last couple of weeks wait you didn't go growing up i did i did but i never really prayed because it was really abstract the concept was always really abstract to me and georgian churches are like really dark and there are like pictures of priests and like saints everywhere and there are like candles and it's like really dark space and whenever people would pray I would just say something very simple or pretend to pray because mm-hmm. you know it didn't make sense I didn't believe in it so I, I never did it and I grew up around church but the only thing like think I remember is that me and my friends there were like 10 or 15 of us before I was like before I turned teenager um like in my neighborhood me and my friends all grew up in the yard of a church but we were playing there like we were building Mm. bases and we were playing like shooting games and like (laughs) fighting with each other you know everything everything was allowed Mm -hmm. for us for kids so we were just always playing there but we never really went in the church at unless it was easter mm. because easter is like big thing we like crack eggs and fight with eggs with each other and so, do you I mean, fight with how do you fight with eggs you just so you take so, no 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 one person holds an egg another person like cracks it on top uh-huh. and whoever breaks mm. is a loser whoever's ah. egg breaks is a loser and there were boiled eggs yeah boiled and dyed red uh-huh. and at the end of the day whoever has uncracked egg is a winner but you were in more cathedrals, no? Rather than churches? Wait, what's the difference? Um, no. no. I think cathedrals yeah. are Catholic. Uh, no, we're Orthodox. Georgia is Orthodox, oh, Orthodox. Christian. Okay. So, yeah, it's it's a little more darker. Yeah. Because you know? in Catholic, they're like organ, they're like more singing, there's like yeah. more... It's like something that I would enjoy more. Mm. But Orthodox is just really monotonous and like stuff, yeah. you know, I, I, I could not relate. But here as I opened up to new experiences and new things, um, I, I, I want to like feel what people feel when they go to church. They just sit there and listen. Even though I can't even understand the language because mm-hmm. it's in Korean, I still get the feeling and yeah, I, just, I, just, I just want to try it. Mm-hmm. So it's been really interesting so far we're also different yeah. buddhist upbringing orthodox didn't really go to church went to a christian school where bible was required every yeah. single year or yeah. you don't even get to go up a grade mm. Mm. yes 
But recently I've been really interested in Buddhism. And we mm-hmm. want to explore it. That's interesting. Yes. But I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of... I mean, like every religion, you can take it to a certain extent where it yeah. becomes really unhealthy and just like of damaging course. to people. Yeah. yeah. Like there's a lot of that in Myanmar where it's like extreme Buddhism and that discriminates people and just puts people in like a really, I don't know, bad place and justifies bad actions with religion so it's yeah, like no, no. yeah like there's that aspect but for me like instead of seeing it as like a set of rules to follow it's more of like um like morals i guess like that's the main purpose of mm. like having religion in my life it's like yeah. I have like a baseline of what morals I have and then from there if I disagree with something I can change my mind if I agree I keep following it's, yeah. it's nothing strict like I don't like the idea of having strict guidelines as yeah, a religion yeah, yeah. yeah. my yeah. parents never like they were never strict about it yeah and I just want to ask what do you feel about this is so broad but death death yeah like do you do you believe in something after death Mm -hmm. or is there something that you want to believe in (laughs) i for the longest time i mean my mom would always tell me you shouldn't do something because of karma and Mm. that's basically like what goes around comes around like yeah if you do something bad something bad's gonna happen to you and um They would take it to like extreme of the afterlife. Mm. If you do really bad things now, like you're gonna turn into um, a different being that's lower than being a human. For example, oh. like um, like a rat or something on the street. So yeah. like, I believed all of that as a child, and as I grew up and I learned more about what other people believed happens after death, like going to heaven and hell. It made me even like more confused because I'm like, huh? Yeah. This is not the only like explanation for what what happens after people die. So right now I kind of just think it's like blank. Like once your soul, once your body expires, like mm. your soul also, it's just like where else would it go? Like I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. That no one like, knows. No one knows. No one knows. I, I want to believe yeah. something, but right now I'm just confused. Like, I don't have... I, I'm still yeah. figuring it out. Okay. Yeah. Then related to that, I have a question. Like, how do you ascribe meaning in life? Do you think there's, like, a bigger purpose? Or are you still figuring it out? Or what do you mm. think? I mean, aren't we all? But <laughs> <laughs> to be honest... Um, I didn't realize this um, like a few months ago. I just realized it like I think this month. No, the the past month, February. February yeah. was when I first realized like some mornings I wake up with this like heaviness with no explanation. Yes. It's just like dread for no reason. It's like even if I have something exciting to do or even when I don't necessarily see some anything wrong with life at the moment, It's just this heaviness in my chest and I wasn't sure how to like interpret it or identify it and I kept thinking back to like how it used to be or like when it started I guess and I remember it started back in San Francisco yeah. when I would constantly like compare myself to people and think that like I have no more ability to make friends whatsoever. Like that ability is just long gone. Like it's stuck back home right now. I have no clue what I'm doing. So those kind of doubts just eat me up. And I think that subconscious like voice keeps playing on and on and on. And like that creates that feeling. And so I started thinking like, okay, even if I have something exciting to look forward to, once that moment is over, I'm going to feel sad because yeah. I'm like, It's just nostalgia right after the happy yeah. moment is done. Mm-hmm. And so, what are we even doing? Like, <laughs> we're, we're waiting for the next happy moment. Yes. Like, and mm. It's like a treadmill. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love that. I have two things to say, mm. like I always do. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, first, um, I've been feeling that since San Francisco too, like that heaviness that cannot be explained. Like it just happens, you know. Mm. And I put a name to it. Mm. I call it adulthood. <laughs> and it's fucked up. <laughs> it is so fucked up. Like. In San Francisco, I started realizing that I was becoming an adult, like mm. actual one. Shit. And then, as this feeling goes like like crippling in in my like mind and body, uh, this like heaviness started like happening. Mm. And you know, it sometimes you just find it hard to get excited about things yeah. that you would like. No, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you would be like lose your mind about. I don't know going out to a cafe or eating yeah. ice cream and it's just like oh another day another cafe yeah. like it becomes routine you know that sense of excitement but it and it corresponds to the second point mm-hmm. that uh that we are waiting for the next happiness mm-hmm. i've been there i think people have been there a lot of them are there i think most people still and it makes sense are there like we're stuck in this like loop when there's like something good happening then there's something bad and at some point when you kind of figure life out you know this mm. like cycle already so at some point i had this fear of happiness because i knew it would be followed by disappointment or like something mm. bad so i was like what's the point of being happy if i know i'll be sad again yeah. so then i don't know how i don't know when but with like okay i know how i started <laughs> did i think i mentioned this in the previous podcast but this is really really good point that i want to get through yeah. to as many people as possible so i started with fake it until you make it mm. and you need to yeah. apply it. this is like technique that you use but the, the what you apply it to is that in every sad moment you know like if you imagine it as like intervals mm-hmm. so between these happy intervals there are sad intervals so in those sad intervals, you pretend to be happy. You find some details, anything. It could be like something very minor, like someone died, right? People mm-hmm. die all the time. Mm-hmm. We cannot control that. But you find something minor, like a lady gave you a compliment on the street mm-hmm. or someone exchanged your coins to bills. Like some, and you concentrate on that for a moment and you you're happy about that for like 15 minutes 20 minutes however long and you just keep doing that and you maybe it it will feel forced at the in the beginning but you fake it and eventually it it will become automatic thing Mm -hmm. and no matter what happens no matter how bad the situation is you will train your mind that it will automatically like shift your vision to something good like you won't even have to force it anymore or even like try to do it it will happen on its own so that's like my answer to you like how you Mm -hmm. can help it it sounds easy it's really hard to do but you need to like force it a little bit people have been telling me that that's not real happiness you're like faking it Mm -hmm. you're lying to yourself all that but you know it's better to be just sad when you when you need to be sad be sad but yeah. you know there's a way to help it and you can use it yeah. i think yeah i think i know where you're coming from like that idea of fake it till you make it because mm. some feelings you have to consciously kind of like put into yourself it doesn't i don't know but like for me instead of trying to change like sadness to happiness like maybe this is just a difference in label yeah but for me it's about gratitude and in every sad angry whatever moment that's less than neutral i prefer to like focus on like reminding myself of things i'm grateful for and that's why i like i like journaling a lot because that helps me uh, slow down in moments where um i can't think rationally like when you're experiencing really negative like um even just minor negative emotions it's like your brain focuses more on that so that the rationality is just out of the picture but like when you take time to write write it down um it just it always works it's like it it starts to make sense and 
I started、um, actually started journaling like I started as a diary in like eighth grade, and my best friend and I we bought like this really thick diary <laughs> journal. It was like with blank pages. It was like one and a half inch, like in,、yeah. um, it was that thick. And we were like, this is our New Year's resolution. We'll do this. And then after like a month, she stopped doing it. And I, I don't know. For some reason, I was like, no, I'm gonna keep doing it. So since eighth grade, I've been journaling pretty much almost every day. Wow. And sometimes I think I'm overdoing it. And like <laughs> at moments, I'm like, I'm writing way too much. Like when I read back, but I don't know. I think that's a tool that I like to use. Yeah. Because. You know, not you can't really like communicate your thoughts to people. Sometimes you just need like the period of time to process things. So, yeah, I guess my point is,、um, for me, instead of、um, trying to like switch my emotions,、mm. like you said, like accepting it, yeah, and then seeing like also reminding myself of like what I'm grateful for in the moment、yeah. that helps to like cope with emotions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there there are there are a lot of tools out there, and、mm-hmm. everyone needs to find their own like individual yeah,、like、tool to handle their problems with. So, yeah, just you you just need to keep going, keep、mm-hmm. trying, and you'll find it eventually. For me, I think it's a similar thing. Like,、yeah. I think for me, I was thinking more of articulating it as trying to live more in the moment, and. Gratitude, of course, like changing your perspective, because、mm. there's always something to be grateful for.、Um, yeah. Just remembering, like even just the simplest things, like the sunlight, yeah, just the weather, yeah. Yeah. the people you're with, being able to travel, yeah. So living in the moment for me. I、yeah. saw somewhere that like instead of writing down "I'm grateful for this," "I'm grateful for that," it might be a better idea to like tell people like what you're grateful for. Like, if for example today I feel like I'm grateful for the health and well being of my family, then instead of just like writing it down and forgetting about it, like actually telling tell them, them, like、mm. telling someone that oh I'm、mm. grateful for you, I'm gr- grateful、mm. for this, that. Yeah, I wanted to add something about journaling.、Mm. Yeah, it never worked for me, but、mm. uh, like some time ago I read online that journaling is like. Solidifying your thoughts, so you know how in your head your thoughts seem like、uh, like this tangled like strings and like very abstract thing that、mm. you cannot like make sense out of. But once you start like writing it down, you can like look at it. Look, you can it it becomes structured.、Mm. There are like sentences. Yeah, there are like sentences. There are paragraphs. There are words. So. It makes more sense rather than for that. Now that I think about my thoughts, it's like <laughs> just random words, just <laughs> random words running that, I around. I find that so interesting. Like you're thinking about your thoughts. Like how does that even work? That's critical thinking. Oh, you you ha- you don't do that. <laughs> I mean, but like if you I mean, consciously、yes. think about your thoughts and then you're thinking about the fact that you're thinking about、I'm, your thoughts. But don't do that. That's <laughs> overthinking. Overthinking. That's me. <laughs> That's unhealthy. But yeah, I I whenever I think about my thoughts, <laughs> these are like my、mm. random words running around, like a like a falling star.、Mm. They leave like trace. Yeah, like a, like black, a jet、yeah. in the sky. You see yeah, that they're like、yeah. running around in all directions. Yeah, and sometimes there are no words, like tangible words, until you write it. Yeah, down. those. Th- yeah,、It's... I cannot like. I don't know what words there are. I just know there are like some letters just running around. Yeah, I don't know what these are. Yeah, so yeah, whatever shakes your chakras, <laughs> you should do that. For me, instead of writing journals. I like to just like stand, like stare at a wall. Like, oh, you do that.、Yes. I do the thing like, like whenever I I feel like I need to process, I just stand there. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Just think. <laughs> Why don't you like close your eyes? Doesn't that work better? Um no, closing my eyes. I don't know. I just feel like I need to take deep breaths and like look outside、mm. or, or just lie、yeah. in bed for a bit. Just think about what's going on. Reflect on how I'm feeling. Yeah. Like how do you? Keep track of your train of thoughts. I don't. Like, I just like need like to to take a moment、mm-hmm. 
to to take like pause and let myself experience what I'm experiencing so that I'm not on autopilot all the time. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm, I mean, I, I don't think that will ever work for me because yeah. if I just let myself sit and think, the thoughts just run in circles and it never ends. Yeah, it's, so it's really, like So I try to notice it, how it's going in circles. Mm-hmm. But how do you like, do you try to stop it or you just let it be and then like you move on or... Um, if I wait enough, it it like I it somehow resolves. Mm. Um, or I realize it's in a loop, so mm-hmm. I can just deal with the loop in the back of my mind when I'm dealing with other things. That's a lot. Now that I think about it, it sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> but you know, it's really individual. That works for you. Yeah. It doesn't work for us. <laughs> but you know, yeah, I do this thing that. Um, for me, it's a lot... Oh, I wanted to talk about that. People. You mentioned people. And I wanted to elaborate on that. I don't know mm. in, one co- in what context. Oh, people tell, feel great when you people. tell people di- directly, like instead of writing in the, in the journal. Uh-huh. So for me, um, since I really started socializing like three, four years ago, my life has really become about people. Mm-hmm. And um, so I divide... I don't do like I don't really have now that I think about any like daily rituals to reflect, but I do this. I have a month or more of socializing. I'm always with people. I always sleep alone. Sometimes not even. <laughs> and, okay. <laughs> TMI. I and um, yeah, I I'm always with people. I'm socializing. Mm. Um, I choose certain number of people who I keep really close and you keep a cap once it exceeds you get either get rid of people or you don't let people in you know yeah no I, I do hang out with like other people I socialize with like as many people as well not really <laughs> you know as many people as needed yeah uh, but I have like this it's like layers you know they're yeah. like closer layer than outer layer and so on right. and so forth and I had this like period, long period of socializing, being with people, learning from them, sharing myself with them, uh, and that helps me grow a lot. Yeah. But I don't really feel that growth like instantly. Mm-hmm. So then I really need, and life has always been generous with like quarantines and everything. So. I need this my my personal time when I don't communicate with anyone and I'm just with myself for like a week or two. And in those couple weeks I it's like you know in a video game when you collect different materials like uh, in like Minecraft, I don't know, I don't play Minecraft. Collecting resources. Yeah, you resources exactly. When you collect resources for a long 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 time to mm-hmm. upgrade and then you like turn these materials into something, something, weapons, something, something, and you upgrade. That's what I do in those couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I use all the things I've collected from people and from the world and from myself during those like long period. In those couple of weeks, I use it to like process all of it, put it together, put it in places, sort it out. And uh, after I, I feel like really tired at that point of like all the socializing and everything, all this mm-hmm. work. And I just, um, yeah, I just sort everything out. I prioritize my priorities. <laughs> <laughs> I re- re- reorganize my priorities and fall in love with myself all over again and with the world and with people. And yeah, the circle, cycle um, goes on. And it works for me. Yeah, but I don't have anything daily. I feel I like daily is too much for me too. Yeah, I think it Wait, would you, be too oh, much. Oh, you mean reflecting? Yeah. Oh, we were talking about reflecting. Okay, I I took a like <laughs> no, long. No, I thought you were way. just talking about like your personality and like your socializing life in general. No, I'm not talking about just myself. <laughs> like I'm talking about like these different rituals of mm, reflection. I see. Yeah. I've never heard of anyone who does this. Like go on sprees of like intense. I mean, maybe not 
intense like the whole time but like yeah, yeah. more or less intense and then like take a period of time to just be alone like i've never heard of doing that because yeah like during that time you spend alone wouldn't you feel like the world is moving on without you or no, like the fear of no, missing no, out no 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 i i feel the opposite i feel like i am i'm like going ahead of everyone else mm. in that period because i'm like doing things that i think other other people don't really get a chance to do like like simple things like during the last quarantine i did like i was just watching tv going to sleep early drinking a lot of water uh, yes. doing, doing yoga Drink in the water. morning dancing in the dark alone mm. and like all those little things like makes you like staring at yourself in the mirror like all those things like makes you uh really appreciate yourself again mm-hmm. like remind yourself what you love in life you know you yeah you, maybe you just lay in bed all day do nothing just listen to music yeah just whatever you just do things that you wouldn't do with people mm-hmm. or didn't have time to do with people and it just you feel the gaps mm-hmm. and then you feel whole again so you feel like you're giving away parts of yourself when you're not when you're like with people um it's a good point i don't know yes uh we talked about that recently while we were going to namsan and you and me minja and dasha mm-hmm. and we were talking about stuff and i said that uh, and just now i mentioned that people have become a major part of my life and though during that those like socializing parts uh, most things depend on them especially the closer circle so i have expectations towards them i do things with them like all that stuff and you know people it's really hard to explain but those expectations sometimes are not met mm. that things happen yeah. it's like sometimes minor details like very very small details that they may never even think about but for you it might feel like really bad and like upsetting and disappointing and it keeps happening uh, and at the end at during this process you lose people you gain new people um and yeah it's like a mess mm. but it's a beautiful mess but it's still a mess yeah so yeah i feel like i'm yeah it feels like giving away something but but i would say that it's worth it i have different periods of i guess confidence there will mm. be times where i feel energized when i'm around people and other times when i'm not as confident or like comfortable with myself that those are the periods where it will feel draining to be around people but not because of anything anyone does it's only inside yeah. my own head yeah. and um it's like i'm an overthinker like <laughs> the most overthinking overthinker i know yes and so if i'm just hanging out with one one other person this doesn't happen but if i'm with a group of people i always assume that i'm the odd one out and just like if when as soon as that thought enters my head i will like distance myself from people uh, and then try to convince myself it's true it's like confirmation bias yes, that's like yes. yeah like that takes so much energy cuz then like i'm noticing all the details like oh someone um like laughed a certain way when i said this so that must mean they don't like me and like yeah. they're walking faster than me and like i'm like slower and like they're leaving me behind so i'll just like stay behind so that they they can enjoy themselves like those kind of things i think that's where yeah. i guess like i give away my energy to and it's not really giving it to them it's just kind of being consumed yeah. by my yeah. own overthinking head so those are the times where i feel the need to like be away and like recharge but mm. i mean for the most part i think i have more or less become more extroverted and i enjoy being around people so i feel recharged when like I with people and like having deep conversations like this and just I don't know not having to like please anyone or yeah. prove myself and just I mean whether or not someone accepts me like that's their part I can't do anything yeah. to change it or control it so 
Yeah, and like like you said about people coming and going, it's also not seeing relationships and friendships as like so exclusive, and mm. yeah. not having to like compare and like compete with other people. It's like I can be friends with that person, and you can be friends with that person, and we can all be friends. It's like I don't have to be the better friend. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, like that concept, and just still trying to work on it, and that also, like, that also means that. It's okay for people to enter and exit freely. There's no need to control how that happens and like hold on to people because it's yeah. just unnecessary. Like, yeah, I feel like towards that concept, I am at the stage of like you know, tra- transiting. Is it transiting or transferring? transitioning <laughs> from faking to making mm. so i i i kind of think that it was okay for people like come in come in and go out and shit like that mm. but you know it still hurts yeah it still hurts because yeah, yeah, people are precious and especially when you meet someone like really really cool and i've met so many cool people in my life and i just wanted them to stay in my life forever but it just doesn't happen. They just go away because, because of life, mm-hmm. and it always hurts. And maybe it's also you going away, and you just don't see the situation. Yeah, now that I think about it, mostly it's me going away. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still like you know, it's still sad. Anyways, yeah, I I really wanted to ask you to talk about Burmese civil war. Uh, and explain like what happened like what it is at all mm-hmm. uh, for like listeners who have no clue what that yeah. is what was your experience yeah what was I, that's what I'm most interested in like what is your perception mm-hmm. of it and what yeah. was like what was happening with you during those times right um, for anyone who has no clue what we're talking about I like I, mean, I don't want to get into details of like facts because you can like google that and google will probably know it better than I do but um, Myanmar has been having like, I mean, okay, let's start on the morning of February 1st, 2021. So it's been a little over a year. Uh, that morning, I was still half asleep at like, I don't know, 8, 9 a.m. And then I just heard my mom on the phone saying um, our president, Uwe Mien, and Dong San Suu Kyi, who's a really, really big political leader. She's the daughter of uh, general that helped us get independence um, they too have been arrested by the military and when I heard that I didn't know what was going on but like I knew it was not good so I like ran out of the room and I was like what the heck is going on and uh, she told me like yeah basically they have uh, declared a coup and they declared a state of national emergency so they're gonna take over the country again and um like when my dad was 18 he experienced that and yeah. when this time when it happened i was 18 too yeah. like exactly like the same period of time and so like it's repeating and it's not ending mm-hmm. like that's the point i want to make yeah and that there has always been conflicts of like the military taking control and then people um trying to like fight against them because with military there's a lot of corruption and bribery um bribing and like we only got democracy like seven eight years ago like, mm-hmm. i don't know like the exact details but like we got democracy but it was never like full democracy everyone knew that the military still had quite a significant say in what happens so this time um this time around with this uh, election who were like the democratic party won by like a lot um we we're expecting things to like finally change like for real and then it just kind of flipped overnight. So, I don't know. Yeah. And like I was fortunate enough to be able to grow up without having to think much about politics. Especially because um, I wasn't like an ethnic minority in Myanmar. And I was Chinese Burmese. And I mean, like Chinese Burmese people don't really get involved with politics in Myanmar. It's like mostly um, ethnically Burmese people who are more involved in it. So, also I guess it has a lot to do with my family too. So I never grew up thinking much about politics, but when it actually happened and I realized 
how much it's going to affect my future and the whole country and how the possibility of like being able to live in my own country after like graduation is has changed dramatically just because of this one event like that really opened my eyes to the privilege I had growing up so like when we first talked about it in when we had the it first conversation it was a fresh thing it was still happening yeah yeah like i moved away in san francisco yeah four or five months after the coup began yeah and by that time there was so much violence on the streets and i had like witnessed it all and just moving to san francisco the first night i couldn't fall asleep cuz my bed was near the window mm. and i kept hearing like we were living in the tenderloin and there was always yeah. really loud noises like crash and bang and oh i was like genuinely scared that like a bullet was going to come through the window or something cuz my head was like toward the window yeah. like that first night i couldn't sleep and i realized this is something that i haven't finished processing and i don't really know when i will know like if i finish processing it but it's Do you mean tenderloin no because <laughs> 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 who has i haven't <laughs> honestly i i am very fond of the tenderloin now like it has a special spot in my heart it does especially yes it's yeah. very it's <laughs> very special that's all i would say special it's special. <laughs> it is special yeah. yeah they're like magical moments yeah. here and there yeah anyways um I remember when you first talked you telling me some crazy stuff happening mm. like people getting kidnapped on the streets like out of nowhere for like no reason and people getting arrested yeah. and everything was shut down there was like no way of communication yeah. and I was like that's crazy you know it was so 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 crazy and so something so distant for me especially and you were feeling so bad that you were like so far away and you wanted to like be there oh my god that feels like a different yes. human being like you're talking about this like i said it yeah. but i don't even remember like who i was like it's only been what like four months since it was in like yeah, september it's been five, five months, months five I months think, yes but i honestly don't remember who i was then anymore like so much i feel like so much substance and like experience has covered that yeah like yes. in the time period in between that now that you're asking me this question now like a year Again, later yes. and i'm so far from all of that i know that i know. i can tell from the way you're answering now and where you ask cuz i asked you the same question then yeah. but that was because for for the assignment yeah. and you were like so passionate <laughs> and you were like telling me all these details yeah. and like showing me news that were yeah. like f- like few days old and stuff and yeah and now here we are and it's really hard to talk about it it's it feels it like history now but and that's scary cuz i never yes. want to let go of that feeling yeah. i want to always like yes. have that in my heart and like that passion so that yeah. i can like do things to help you know, like uh what's what is the beauty and also a kind of tragedy of living in a kind of society that we're living in right now. Mm. Uh I mean Minervans especially uh, that we are so international. Mm-hmm. There are like people from all around the world and we're looking at the world through so many lenses. Now and you know it's insane like you the thing that was happening in SF like only 5 months ago now feels like a history but yet there's like another thing happening right now yeah. that we're we we're all thinking about we're all talking about the Ukrainian war and it feels like the history is like keeps repeating it, itself we're like humanity keeps making the same freaking mistake like when has this freaking wars solved anything mm-hmm. like and yet we still keep doing it and then after like few months we pretend nothing ever happened like i don't know like how do you fix that like how do you get out of the that like horrible cycle now that you mentioned that like cycle i want to point out like like a very small instance but i think it kind of like on a personal level yeah um it kind of shows like how very different beings can be affected in like similar ways because of how history is repeating so um in san francisco there was 
a night where I was mostly feeling stressed with an assignment, but then I felt like yeah. so suffocated in that space, and all of a sudden I just like took my luggage out from under the bunk bed. I was like, I'm going back to Myanmar, and I was like, actually. I don't know. I wasn't thinking rationally, of course, but yeah. I was convinced. Like, I'm gonna get out of here. Like, I'm done with this. And just, yeah, and had that like, I don't know. It was like a feeling of numbness, but then anger and like frustration. It, it's very hard mm. to like pinpoint that emotion. Yeah. And I had to like I already worked out that morning, but I felt the need to feel something. Yes. So like I did a workout and like after I like sweat and stuff it kind of like a little bit better like yeah. that intense feeling i can like specifically recall you know every i think every human not every most of the people can relate that whenever things like this happen and you feel like you have zero control over it yeah. like there is like nothing you can do there's like no one you can talk to around you the only thing you think about uh if you're if you are lucky enough you're like i need to go to my family i need to be with my family because family is always that, that means the place and means people who can really understand you yeah. and again if you're lucky enough because that's not always the case the and the thing about being so far away is the feeling of guilt and i think yeah. that's yes. so powerful like guilt is such a powerful negative feeling because it's unlike sadness or like anger where there's like a logical kind of way to reason it out but then when you feel guilty of like not being able to do anything and especially like knock on wood like especially if something bad happens to them and then you it doesn't happen to you it only happens to them you feel yeah, responsible it's nice. like oh because i'm away it happened to you uh, it, ha- it happened to them but then logically even if you were there like there was not there probably wouldn't be it anything. It wouldn't you fix can, anything. Yeah, it wouldn't change yeah. or like fix anything. You can't save them from whatever happened, but like that feeling of guilt really is, yeah. Survivor's guilt. Yeah. Mm. That. And for me, like I, when people reached out to me while I was like experienced that conflict, I felt like reassured and like okay, like I don't know. It was like comforting when people were like are you okay is your family okay but i think when reaching out to people right now who are away from their family it's really it's putting them in a really hard position because it's like asking oh are you okay like obviously they're not okay and like there's nothing you can do to help like it of course it's nice to like let people know that you care about them but i think instead of asking how are you doing is your family okay like asking questions like that that they can't really answer it's better to just kind of i don't know give this like um reassurance that like i'm here for support if you like ever ever need any type of support like i'm here for you kind of just be present Mm. don't ask anything of them just be Mm. present and don't offer anything explicitly but just allow them to to know you're there yeah 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 i've seen seen, i i I used to see that in like movies and hear it in the movies like when when someone is like really upset person like who's close to them just like sits there and says nothing and and the narrator in the movie or whatever they're like sometimes you don't need to say anything. <laughs> you just need to be next to them mm. and feel them, make them feel like you're there. And I was like, that's bullshit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but yeah, I've experienced that. I'm the type of person who talked about this. I'm the type of person who like whenever I'm down, I don't, I don't want to communicate with anyone. But when I feel that someone is there, mm. It just makes me feel better. Yeah. Even even if I don't want to like talk to them or yeah. even look at them, just feeling their presence yeah. like really helps. Mm. And yeah, I think that that's really really good thing to do for other people. Um, following that, I want to ask you my last question, mm-hmm. which is, what is your one tip for making a world a better place? And please don't say kill, kill all humans. Human. Don't say that. Just, no, yeah. I would never. Humans. I know you would humans never say that. Humans are precious. I, exactly. I love humans. Yeah. Hmm. 
This is so cliche, but kindness, like, it's so hard, and it's so broad, and it's so just cliche. Oh, like kill them with kindness, like kindness, <laughs> like blah blah blah. But honestly, that's like, ooh, I don't. That's the main like light in my life. Kindness. It's. Yeah. It's like. How do you say this? Like in every single situation, you can choose to be kind, or you can choose to be unkind. Yeah. And. Like. So hard. It's so hard to explain why kindness is important because it's kind of like a mindset I grew up with. Yeah. It's like a default <laughs> that I'm like, yeah. there's nothing, there's no other option. Yeah. But like, how do you justify? How important kindness is. Yeah, I like the point when you say that in every moment you can choose to be kind or like, just just a bad guy, mm. but I think it's always harder to be kind, especially when you want to punch someone, mm. and when you want to like you know do something bad to, I don't know maybe not do something bad but when you just feel. Not kind that day.、Mm. It's just raining outside. What rain is amazing! I、oh、love the rain.、Goodness. Rain is a good day. Like the sound. The flood the is in the city. I city is flooded. I play in the flooded streets, like sewage water and all that. Hundred people just stuck in the water. And I use a slipper, and that's all fine because it's fun. <laughs> What is your wanting? The <laughs> fuck. Okay. Okay.、Yeah. Think about it. Being kind to yourself is like letting go of like expectations and just letting yourself be, be. And when thinking back about the past, like forgiving yourself and just knowing that like it's okay. Like everything happens, and when the time passes. It'll be fine. So like, being kind to yourself is not letting、um, the past like haunt you and like beat you up. Like also thinking about what other people are feeling. When you're kind to people, you are well. I'll 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 talk from my perspective. Like,、mm. um, you're thinking of the shared humanity kind of like everyone poops, pees, and farts. Like, you need to give people some slack. Yeah. Cause no one's perfect. And just kind of、uh, sharing understanding and like experience through that, and like gaining connection from that,、mm. it's a way of helping others as well as、um, being able to get support from others, and and、um, just share experience. Cause living life alone, I think, is the absolute worst. And the thing I try to prioritize the most is. Relationships and going through life with other people,、yeah. and that is very predicated on kindness. Yeah, I think. Growing up, one thing my mom always told me is like, even if you're gonna lose in a situation, just choose the kind option. Like, never, never like understood why she would say that. Cause, like, I need to win. Like, if I'm、yeah. making a decision, like, I should benefit. But then, as um. Thinking back to the conflict in Myanmar that I experienced before, then I wouldn't necessarily like care too much about what's happening in the world if it didn't affect me.、Yeah. After going through an experience like that, like the empathy grew, and I realized how much、um, like so many people are going through so many things that you have no idea how.、Um, Like you would maybe never understand or like never understand until、mm-hmm. later on, so having that intention of kindness it might matter more、yeah. than you think. Do you know what I love? What? Being spontaneously kind when people just,、mm. you know, it's it, it might not be something they usually do, or it, they just like do something random to you, do something kind to you, like. I don't know. Give you a compliment, like as simple as it can be. Like it's free. You're not. You don't have to spend anything to say a single compliment to a person, and 
Assuming from our experience as humans, there usually something with everyone almost every day that they feel sad about or that they're, I mean, they feel something bad. And that one compliment or, I don't know, a piece of cake that you didn't want to eat at the moment or cookie or a flower or so, anything, that can change someone's day so much. Mm-hmm. And that can really, and it, 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 it's contagious. That's what, what's the most beautiful about kindness. You know, when you're kind to someone, it inspires them to be kind with others. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, becomes a, this like big... Uh, epidemic in a good way like kind uh, <laughs> epidemic of kindness and it, it can start with a single person and that single mm-hmm. person can be you anytime at any moment of the day anywhere in the world so yeah just just do that yeah I think yeah and also another thing I wanted to say and you mentioned and I loved is being kind to yourself mm-hmm. You know, I think that's where all of us should start. Yeah. It might sound, not sound, but feel sometimes selfish to do it, to be kind to yourself. But I think that's, I think that's the first step of being a kind human mm-hmm. in general, being kind to yourself. Like when you know how to make yourself feel good and feel loved and how to feel empathetic to yourself and like all those good stuff. When you know how to do those good things to yourself, then you know how to do it with others. It, mm-hmm. it will become easier and it will make more sense because, you know, if I give that person a flower, like, is it worth it? <laughs> you know, you, you sometimes you feel mm-hmm. that or anything and give yourself a flower, you know, and like, think about what you feel did make you happy, like yeah. what changed. And would you want another person to feel the same thing? Mm-hmm. And then you do that. Yeah. You know. I think being so. kind to yourself is the least selfish thing you can do. Exactly. It's like, yes. sometimes when you're busy trying to fill someone else's cup, you forget that like your cup might be empty too. Yeah. So you have to yeah. look at your own cup. And yeah. without, yeah. you don't, if your cup is not full, then it's really hard to like fill someone else's cup. And so... Yeah, and in the last episode, you were talking about how like you. I think Annabelle mentioned that like you're the person you spend the most time uh, with. Yes. Yeah. And like, if you're not kind to yourself, like, who's gonna be kind to you? Like, it yeah. all starts from the way you treat yourself, and that also impacts yeah. the way that other people would treat you and how you treat other people. So be kind to yourself, kids. Yeah, <laughs> supposed to. <laughs> so to sum up today's episode Jay, what would you say the main points were here? to sum up today's episode we explored childhood we explored meaning in life religion we explored war um, current conflicts how we experienced or how you experienced them and and what is important in trying to help the world yeah. And and Helen said kindness, which she she did admit can be cliche, but mm. it's really true. I think like it's I very think, important. I think those like things that we think about as like cliches or like really like cheesy stuff, I think they make the most sense. And if you actually think about them, and if you actually do what they tell you, <laughs> yeah. like you know, be happy. And like be kind and pay attention to details, stay positive. I don't know, like all those cheesy, yeah. cheesy stuff. You you like hear them or read them, and you're like, bullshit. Like tell me something new. Yeah, right. <laughs> but first, like do that. Like if you actually do that, see yeah. what happens. Yeah. We might actually live in. I don't know, heaven, on earth. We might achieve that. With cheesiness. And cheese in general cheese. is so good. Oh my god. Oh my god. If there was a heaven without cheese, I would just jump to hell right from there. Maybe there's no cheese in hell either. Anyway, there's a reason. Anyway. There's a reason why they became cliches. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I don't know. 
Embrace cliches. Yeah. Yeah. I think about the deeper meaning of them. I think we should keep a list of um, things, list of the tips for making the world a better place. Yeah. Mm. So far, uh, I remember from Annabelle, we received the answer that we should act more like animals, Mm -hmm. which I think is such a good point. We're like, when like parents or teachers try to scold kids, they're like, you're acting like an animal or Mm -hmm. don't act like an animal. You're not in the jungle or stuff like that. Have you seen animal? <laughs> like they're so much better than us sometimes and they make so much more sense than yeah. us. You know? And you know, like sometimes acting like animals can be much, much better than acting like humans. And then be kind. So so far what we've gathered for making the world a better place, if we all act like kind animals. Yeah. Be more world connected with be, nature. Yeah, world would be better thank you everyone for listening yes if there are no any more additional points to talk about this has been the second episode of the dream distillery yes please tune in next time for episode three yeah bye thank you bye bye